Good morning, everyone. What a beautiful Sunday the Lord's given us this Sunday before Thanksgiving to uh, be in worship together with Him today. Amen? Beautiful day. Wes McDougall last week gave us an update on our Salt Sunday where, uh, from your generosity of donated items and money for Thanksgiving, uh, so many families are having Thanksgiving this coming week because of you. Uh, since then, the number has increased to over 108 families, and so uh, this week, because of your generosity through our Salt Sunday, 108 families in this community that might have struggled or not had Thanksgiving are now going to have a nice Thanksgiving, and that, that's something to be very, very thankful for. Uh, we're continuing our series today from the Right Direction series. We are basing this upon Psalm 119. This is the longest chapter in the Bible. There are 176 verses. We are not looking at all 176 verses, but we have selected six to choose from that really show us the different aspects and the way you can use God's Word. It's a great psalm to study and read, and as you study and read it, uh, you just become absolutely convinced and overwhelmed by how God loves us so much to give us that great word of his, to live our life according to it, to live it by it. Uh, so in these six lessons on the right direction, and today we're in lesson four, uh, we are looking at the three main ideas. And the first thing you learn from Psalm 119 is that God wants his word to be a personal message to you. He doesn't want his word to be just read by a select few and people who major in it or have education in it, or just teachers or preachers. He, he wants this to be a word to you. It's how you live your life. Make it your life, to live your life according to it, to make the precepts, the statutes, the promises, the principles in it, uh, the commands, that they're important to you. You want to live them out. And the second main idea is the idea of being practical. He doesn't want us to just store it up and hide it in our heart and not use it. He doesn't want us to have a lot of facts about what the Bible's all about and just the kings and everything else. What he wants us to do is to take those, that information from his word and make it personal and make it practical. And so all throughout the psalm, let me live according to your word. Let me follow your righteous ways. Let me set my heart on your commands. Let me do the things that you've asked me to do. Determine, set my heart, set my direction. Let me obey you in all these things. See how practical it is? That, that's where the Word of God really becomes the understanding, where you're putting it into practice as well. And then the third main idea about it is the habit. To develop the good habit of being in God's Word. So he'll rise up early in the morning just to spend time in God's Word. Or at nighttime, in the different uh, times of the evening, he will... He will get up from sleep and he'll spend time in God's Word. But the important thing is, is developing that habit of hopefully every day in your life, you're in God's Word and it's a good habit of yours. And it's more than just reading it. Well, I read my verses for the day. That's very important. It's really the idea God has in mind is that when you're going through your life's routine, the decisions that are before you for that day that you begin to develop the habit, well, what does God's Word say about this? 
what would God want me to do in that situation? How does God want me to handle this? Are there any examples from the Word of God that might encourage me in that? And so this is why Psalm 119 is so beautiful and why we call it going in the right direction today. Our topic is from verse 105. This is the fourth one, and we're talking about what it means to have the Word of God as the light, the lamp of our life. This is probably one of the most familiar verses from Psalm 119, right? Uh, Thy word or your word is a lamp for my feet and a what? A light on my path. I mean, this is direction, isn't it? It's visibility. No wonder the psalm begins in verse 1 with a blessing. In verse 1, blessed are those who will walk after my word. Followed by another verse, blessing in verse 2. Blessed are those who keep my statutes and seek me with all my heart. There's a blessing that comes in making his word personal and practical and a daily good habit of, of your life. Because as this verse in verse 105 tells us that his word is that lamp for my feet and a light on my path. So when I see that, I'm immediately thinking of nighttime, aren't you? I don't think of a lamp as something during the day. I think of it in terms of nighttime travel. So it's visibility. And so he's saying, look, the word of God is a lamp. And from that lamp comes the light of his word for us in terms of visibility. So the lamps back then did not give great distance in terms of visibility, but it gave you enough visibility to see a few steps ahead as you went in whatever direction you're going in. So it doesn't give you total visibility. You can't see everything on your journey, but you do get to see the steps that you're taking. And that, that's very important to know because sometimes in our own life, we wish God would just kind of light up the whole path, right? So we can see everything that's there. And instead we get like this lamp view of it, this version of it. It reminds me a whole lot of car headlights. Uh, car headlights, the direction you're going, if it's on low beam, you get to see a, around three, 400 feet in to the future, don't you? But you got to keep moving forward, and the more you move forward, the more you see visibility. Of course, high beam is going to give you more. But you only get to see a little bit of what you're going on that journey. Uh, I think about uh, AAA testing, which is interesting to me because if the low beam's around 400 feet, and if you're going more than 45 miles per hour, uh, by the time you might see something that's just beyond that visibility, it's probably going to be too late to break and keep from hitting it because it's just not enough time. So we see, and if we're not careful, we think, well, I've seen everything I need to see. But what we realize, we need to stay alert, don't we? Because I can see in the darkness, but there's still things that I cannot yet see. So I need to be alert. I need to be attuned to that. And so that's why the AAA recommends whenever you can, not when someone's directly in front of you, but when you can, use your high beams, right? So you get to see more visibility. And this is what the, the Word of God's telling us here. Look, you have God's lamp available. You have His light available. Why aren't you going through life with the high beams on in your spiritual walk? To see everything that God wants you to see. Because the Bible reminds us over and over again, we live in a world that's called darkness, right? We're to be walking in the light. We are to not walk as children in darkness. And that word darkness refers to a lack of understanding, a lack of spiritual discernment. Sometimes it means sin. In fact, John tells us that people love the darkness more than they love the 
light. That was true in the first century, and that's still true today, isn't it? That people tend to love the darkness more than they love the light. And so the psalmist here is making this very important point. The best way to live your life, to find the right direction for your life, is to use God's Word as a lamp to give you great visibility. And it's there. It's available for us if we'll just do it. Why are we stumbling around in the darkness when we can turn on the light switch and avoid the unnecessary pain of walking in the darkness, right? Now, my kids and I, this is before Chase is born, but we, uh, David and Sarah, when they were very young, we had this game we loved to play. It was called Jacks. You familiar with that game? It was in the 80s, so those little spike jacks were still out of metal. Red rubber ball stays the same. My grandkids have little plastic ones now, right? But those metal little jacks, they're fun to play with on the floor and have fun with them. And um, they're real fun as a game, but they're not fun to step on. (laughs) One night at nighttime, I'm walking through to go to the kitchen, and my right foot steps on something very painful. By the time it registers, my left foot steps on something else very painful. What am I stepping on? So you lift up your foot and put it down and step on something else. And I'm just, and finally just fall down and realize that I'm stepping on these metal little spike jacks. And it's caused this incredible amount of pain on my bare feet on the floor. And I would like to tell you that this verse came to mind when that was happening. First John 5, verse 7, I'm thinking as I'm going through this pain, walk in the light as he's in the light. I was not thinking that. The words I was thinking are not found in Scripture, okay? <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. If I had simply, and there it was, the kitchen light switch was right there. If I had just flipped on the light switch to walk into the kitchen, I would have seen how my careless kids had left those jacks on the floor and had picked them up or got them up and had them pick them up, whatever, right? But I ended up, because I decided to walk in the darkness, because I thought I knew what I was doing, to have a very painful, painful circumstance. Oh, don't we do the same thing? I mean, here's God saying, walk in the light as I'm in the light. I'm giving you a lamp. you got to use it. If you just use it, just light the lamp, use the flashlight, whatever you want to call it, this, this illustration here. You could avoid so many missteps. You don't have to stumble around the darkness. I'll light it up for you. And I think this next point from this verse in 105, I'm going to connect 106 to it because I think this is very important when I think about this. Your word's a lamp for my feet and a light for my, on my path. I've taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. This is to me about God stretching us. Very much of what Paul says, we, don't, we walk by faith and not by sight. There's a stretching involved. He doesn't light up the whole path for us to see everything. That would be walking by sight, wouldn't it? But he, he lights it up enough for us to take the step, the step that's required in faith to move forward. Uh, we speak a lot about our eternal destination, where are you headed eternally. It's very important, isn't it? But you know... Life is not just about the destination. The life's about the journey to the destination, isn't it? What you're doing in your everyday life 
It's important. It's significant. It's what the decisions that you're making daily. What direction are you heading in? Because that is going to have absolutely an impact on your eternal destination. So I'm thinking here, God is always wanting to stretch us. To walk by faith. To keep moving forward. And so that lamp in the darkness is the stretch. Well, I can't see everything. I don't know how that's going to work out. But because we trust in God and we love God and we believe that God has his best for us, we live according to his word and with confidence we step out and we do it, no matter when we don't understand it. I like the word here, he took an oath. See that? I took an oath to follow. I took an oath that I will let your word be my lamp, be my light. And I confirm it that I will follow you even when I can't exactly know how things are going to turn out. Now, I think it's interesting to use the word oath here and not resolution, right? In January 1st, what will most of us do? We're going to develop a list of resolutions, and resolutions are so good. They are, right? But resolutions are temporary for so many, right? You mean well, you intend well, so you make the resolution. An oath is a far greater consequence, isn't it? An oath means you've thought it through. You've counted the cost. You've made the decision. You've made the choice. This is an oath. Lord, I see that your word is the lamp, the light for my life. I'm going to make an oath to you that I'm going to live by that light. That's what Jesus said when you count the cost, right? You want to be my disciple? Great. You got to count the cost. When you count that cost, come live by my word. Come follow me. We may never know all the variables that may be in front of us. May not know all the outcomes. Probably won't. May not know all the facts that we need to know, all the details about it. But I tell you, someone who does know all those, it's God, right? And the Lord God, He is the lamp. Remember, it's His lamp, it's His light. It's his word for your life. See it? And that's what he's calling us to do in 1 John 1, 5. He is the light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Nothing's hidden from God. Nothing surprises God. Nothing's unknown to God. And he calls us to take those first steps in faith, to trust in him, to make the oath to follow his word no matter what. And that walk of faith will lead you into the unknown just like Abraham, remember? Now you think about Abraham, he was living in this area called Ur. His whole family, culture, language, everything about his life for generations had been in that area. And then God calls him. He says, I want you to resettle your family in a place hundreds of miles from here. I'm not going to give you the specifics. I'm not going to tell you exactly where you're going, just the direction you're going to go in. But I will give you a promise. If you'll follow me, it's going to be great. Abraham had no idea, never been there before to our knowledge, culture, language, everything, totally different. But because he trusted in God, he did not miss that opportunity. And by faith, he took the steps, right? And the steps that were there, he stretched out into the unknown. And by stretching out into the unknown, he discovered the rich blessings of God because he was willing to be stretched. That's why the Hebrew writer says, by faith, Abraham... When called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Have you ever been there? 
Job situation, location move, relationship, right? All sorts of things. What do you do? What decision do you make? You don't always know, do you? But you got to stretch out in faith. Think about Joshua crossing the Jordan River. Now, Joshua, when he was a young man and Moses was a leader, he saw God part the Red Sea, didn't he? He just saw as the people waited and trusted in God, and God parted the Red Sea, and they walked across on dry land to escape Pharaoh's army. Now, here it is decades later. Joshua is now the leader of the Hebrew people. And now he's told to lead the people into the promised land, and they get to the Jordan River. And we're told at this time it's the flood stage. And it's going to be the flood stage for a while, so they can't wait it out. And so God says, Joshua, we're going to do it different this time. You're going to stretch your faith. That's what he's saying. Priests that have the Ark of the Covenant, they are to walk into the Jordan River. And once they take those steps into the Jordan River, it will part and the people will cross over in dry land. So Joshua led the people to the Jordan River. The priests got the Ark of the Covenant. They took the steps, and the very moment their foot stepped into the swollen, flooded Jordan River, guess what happened? The river parted. The water piled up a far distance away. The priest stood in the middle of that dry ground of that river as the people walked across. The priest had not taken the step of faith. If Joshua had not stretched them in their faith, they would have never crossed the Jordan River. Are you hearing me? You see, that this is what God's calling you. Will you make the decision in your life when God is calling you to be stretched to obey? Will you, will you understand that sometimes in life you have to stretch your faith to take the step even when it doesn't seem like there's anything to it? And this is what God has called us to do, to be stretched. Your word's a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. I've taken an oath and confirmed that I will follow your righteous laws. It's about visibility. God gives you the vision. It's about opportunity, stretching you by faith into the unknown, leading you into the unknown for the blessings that are ahead. But I also see in this protection and comfort because darkness is also about things that happen to us life that cause us to question things, right? People, sometimes the light goes out in their eyes and in their life because of the darkness of suffering or pain, the questions, the, the things that overwhelm us that we don't understand. It can take the light out of our lives, can it? And it's there. It's like the psalmist said one time, where can I go? To whom can I turn? And then he says, God. And this is what the psalmist is telling us here, that in those dark times where you need a lamp or a light, that's what's going to get you through it. God's going to comfort you through his word. It's going to be his everlasting love for you. I love this quote. It's, it's a famous quote. It's, I will love the light for it shows the way, yet I will endure the darkness for it shows me the stars. And you think about that, it's exactly what this is talking about here in Psalm, that visibility is important, stretched out in faith is important. But also the oath that you take to follow after the word is in the dark times of suffering and pain. I'll look for the stars. I'll look to see where God's leading. And listen, the light from this particular thing is a very short distant light. Suffering does not give you a long high beam glow. 
The light from God's word here is very narrow, very specific. It takes a lot of time to see the next step. But you learn, you listen, you're comforted, and little by little, those steps become longer and the light becomes more. And this is what it is, those darkest moments, you sometimes have to look for the stars. In fact, in this very psalm, it says in Psalm 119, that he has suffered so much, yet what got him through it was the Word of God. It was his heritage. It comforted him, preserved him. It was the joy that he set his heart on, and that's what it is. Now, visibility, uh, stretching of our faith, comfort. I want to give you another one opportunity, opportunity. How many remember the story of the parable of the talents in Matthew? This owner has three servants. He gives one five pieces of money, another one two pieces of money, and another one one piece of money, right? He tells them with instructions to take it and he'll receive whatever they have when he comes back. The one with five pieces of money took the risk, made the most of the opportunity, and when the owner came back, he was able to give the owner 10 pieces of money. The one who was given two pieces of money took the risk and by faith and the opportunity before him also went out and invested it. And when the owner came back, he was able to give the owner four instead of two. The one who was given one talent did not take the risk, did not make the most of the opportunity. He played it safe, so safe, in fact, that he buried it in the ground, didn't he? So when the owner came back, he dug it back up and gave it back to the owner. And the owner rewarded the five and the two, and rebuked the one. You know, that, that tells me so much about what God wants you and myself to do with our life. We live here and we're to walk by faith. It involves risk. It involves opportunities. And with that, there's also great reward, right? And so involved in this, when the light is there and we're trying to make decisions, the words of lamp for my feet, a light on my path, i got to have discernment. Is this an opportunity that God wants me to pursue? Is that the light he's shedding on this? Or is this light from him saying that this is a, a risk that I need to run from? See, we don't always have the answers, do we? But whatever opportunities before us, what's the first thing we need to do? Put God's light upon that opportunity. Are you with me? Consult God's word. What are the precepts, the statutes, the principles, the promises? What are things that I've learned in my daily walk with the Lord in his word, in practical application before, and what I've stored up in my life? What can be used here to help me make that decision? And I'm here to tell you, God would rather for you to risk to walk by faith than to spend all your days playing it safe and never doing a thing. I don't care what you have. It belongs to God. And if you let God's light shine upon it and you will stretch yourself by faith, God will give you the spiritual discernment to know whether to pursue it or to run from it. But either way, you've turned it over to God. Amen? One other point. I'll close. Since we've been talking about headlights, I want to go back to headlights. All right. How many of you ever had your headlight coverings fog over? You keep saying, man, I need to change my light bulbs. My light distance is not what it used to be, right? And it never dawns on you to look at your headlight coverings. And then you go look at your headlight coverings, and they're filmed over, aren't they? You can't even see through them. They have all this film that's over them. So what do you do? Well, you get out the Windex, and you 
clean it off. If it's been too long, you get out the baking soda and you make a paste out of it and you put it on there for three or four minutes and let it sit. Then you wash that off and all of a sudden the film comes off and you may have to do it again. But little by little with the Windex and baking soda and sometimes vinegar, you can clean off that headlight covering. Absolutely nothing wrong with the headlight itself. The headlight's in good condition. But the reason why you can't see through it is because a fog has developed on the covering. I sometimes hear people say, I, I just don't see God in this. I don't see how God's in my life. I just don't see God working in this. I, I don't understand why has God abandoned me. I don't understand why I feel so alone. I don't understand why things aren't fair. I can't see it. It's time for some spiritual baking soda, folks. The light's not the problem. It's the covering. The sin in your life that you've tolerated. The sin in your life that you're living with. The things that you know you need to obey creates this film that builds up on your spiritual lens. The light's there. It's trying to shine through. But it cannot until there's a cleaning. And so Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's the baking soda. Psalm 119 verse 133, direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over my life. There's the vinegar. We have to reach a point in our life, God, I want your light from the lamp of your word to direct my steps. But that involves confession and repentance. Amen? It involves cleaning up our soul. So it's more than just saying, I'm sorry, Lord, for what I've done. It's knowing what God's word says about what you've done, right? And repenting of that and cleaning it off. And so that the more you do that, the quicker you do it, it's easier to cleanse, right? To clean that head like covering of your life. Does that make sense? So get out your spiritual baking soda and clean off those lenses today, right? So you can see what God is saying. It's so very, very important. So let me close with three practical applications. So, so how do we use God's Word as a lamp? How do we use it? Number one, what is it that I need to know? What do I know? What do I need to learn from God's Word? And what do I need to do from God's Word that I'm not yet doing? The what? That's how you use it as a lamp. It's there. So what do I know already? What do I need to know? And what do I need to do that I'm not doing? The second application is discernment. Lord, this is an opportunity before me. I don't know whether to pursue it or run from it. Is this a stretching on my faith or a temptation to leave you? I don't know. Give me the spiritual discernment. Let your light shine upon this opportunity, and I'm going to just let you shine on it till you let me understand whether this is an opportunity to pursue or a temptation to run from. And I'll wait for your answer. Number three, receive and trust in Jesus Christ. If you've not received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you need to make him your Lord and Savior. You need to believe that he's the Son of God. You need to repent of your sins, confess him as Lord, be baptized into his name. That's the first step of faith.
If you've already received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you need to trust in him. He is the word. He's the light. He came into this world of darkness so that he might bring light. And it says, the darkness of this world did not snuff out the light, the light of our Lord Jesus Christ. In him is life that's there. And so today I want to encourage you to make that decision. You may be saying, well, I'm not there. You don't know my life. You don't know my condition. I don't remember the last time I read God's word. I don't remember anything about God's word ever being a lamp in my life. I just want to remind you, if you're hearing this this morning, if you're hearing this message at any time, I want you to look at the next slide. It's never too late to go in the right direction. That's a choice you can make today. If you don't like the direction your life is headed in today, turn around. Turn around and walk in the right direction with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you make that vow before him? Let's stand together and close out. I hope that the sharing of God's word today has been a blessing to you. I hope it really encourages you and the scriptures that were shared to really desire to have the word of God to be the lamp and the light of your life. As we start this week together, I want to share with you some words of encouragement to do just that uh, based upon Psalm 119, verse 105 through 112. Uh, Lord, may your statues be, always be my heritage. Let your word be the joy of my heart. Keep my heart set on living according to your word. May your word be a lamp for my feet and a light for my path that will stretch my faith, comfort my soul, and encourage my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to be place membership, be baptized, or have Larry Sy, one of our elders, pray with you, make your way to the front bench as we now sing this song.